Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Hello and welcome back to the second season of the Thrive in Design podcast. My name is Nicola Shea-Ben and I am the CEO of Thrive in Design and I'm so excited to have you here. So Thrive in Design, as you may know, is more than just a podcast. Thrive in Design is a design and innovation consultancy that focuses on helping interior product companies increase their brand awareness and revenue. And we do this by really taking a human-centered approach and diving deep into a designer's experience with your brand, understanding what that is like, what you can improve upon, and how you can implement innovative strategies to help your business grow. Everything that we do is rooted in design thinking And I'm super excited about this podcast, which we're in season two of, because we really get to dive into different topics that relate to all of those things that I mentioned that drives Thrive in Design. So thanks for listening. This is the first episode of season two, and I'm going to be diving in to some really exciting topics today. As I have dealt with new clients over the last few months, looked deeper into a designer's experience with an interior product brand, one thing that has come up over and over and over again is marketing budgets and how those marketing budgets translate to specifications. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, I actually want to reintroduce you to the Thrive and Design proprietary method called Ace the Journey. If you've previously listened to one of the podcasts before in in season one, then you heard all about Ace the Journey. But if you're new here, I want to let you know all about what that is and why we reference it. So typically, right, if you are an interior product company, you are targeting architects and designers to understand your product and to specify your product on a job, right? So the customer journey typically goes from interior product company to designer, and then from designer to client in most cases, right? If that client is the end user for the products that you specify and how it will be integrated in with other products. Now, when we try to understand that journey a little bit deeper, I broke it down into really like three sections, right? So that interior product company, the end result will be to get the product in that space that the end user or the client is using. But there are several steps of the process to take the designer along the journey to understand your brand, to be aware of your brand, to specify your brand in the process. And I call that journey, that customer journey, the designer's journey with your brand, ACE the journey. ACE being an acronym that stands for appearing, consulting, and executing, right? So it's asking yourself, and your brand and the different departments within your company, 
How are we appearing in the market? How are we consulting designers? And then three, how are we executing a sale, right? So we dive into that throughout this podcast, throughout the work that I do at Thrive and Design. But this specific episode really hones in on one piece of that A in Easter journey. How are we appearing in the market? When it comes to appearing in the market, right? That can be broken down further into direct and indirect contact, right? So meaning a designer is coming in contact with your brand directly or indirectly. Direct contact can look like industry trade shows or events, design firm trade shows, presentations and CEUs, project meetings, whereas indirect contact can be social media content, tangible marketing materials that might be in their library, uh, search engine keywords, or even landing on your website, right? So within all of that, that's your brand awareness. That's how people are getting in contact with your brand and learning what it is that you all do, what products you manufacture, and if they have any interest in learning more about it to potentially specify in their project. Now, I mentioned before that we're going to talk about marketing budgets and why it might not, your your dollars might not be leading to specifications or why it might be. So this is for you if you work for or you're a leader of an interior product company or building materials company. So in all the things that we just talked about in terms of that indirect and direct contact, contact with designers as you're thinking about how are we appearing in the market, all of those things require marketing budgets, right? So if we're talking about trade shows, you are spending money on the booth. If you're talking about um, industry events, you're spending money for the registrations or maybe you're sponsoring it to make sure that your company logo appears in printed material or on banners. If you're talking about presentations and CEUs, you might be spending money towards the research or the graphics or to make sure that that presentation really lands with designers in a way that makes sense and gives your brand more awareness with your products, right? And if you're talking about that indirect content, your social media uh, marketing dollars might be going towards creating video or photography content to share on your social media channels. It might be going into paid ads so that you are directly targeting the audience that you want to target. You also might be spending money on tangible marketing materials. So as we all know, in this industry, designers rely heavily on their libraries within their design firms, or right now there might be their at-home design library. Your marketing dollars are going towards those tangible marketing materials that go towards interior designers understanding the style, appearance, and what that material is like in a tactile experience for your product. Or you might be spending money showing up on the first page of Google, putting money into your SEO or your ads or your website, so on and so forth. So all of that money is going into strategic places to increase the chances of somebody understanding that you all exist, what you do, and what 
you bring to the table and how you fit within their design. But the part that some companies don't think about a step further is the sales funnel that it takes to move those eyes on your brand from just looking at it or knowing about it to actually making a, I'm putting it in air quotes, you guys can't see me, a buying decision, right? So a sales funnel is an actual formal system that you have set up in place to really move those people from online or offline experience and learning about your company and all those indirect or direct contacts, move them through to nurturing them, right? And to then allowing them to purchase or specify your product, right? And a lot of companies are lacking a sales funnel that properly aligns with each of these points of brand awareness, right? So let's get into examples of what that could look like in a bad scenario versus a good scenario. So let's talk about a trade show, for example, right? So how many of us do trade shows? We want to do BDNY. We want to do Neocon. We want to do HD in Las Vegas. And all those things are good and dandy because you're alongside some of the best of the best and you're meeting some of the best of the best designers that are coming to these shows, right? But what happens during the show and after the show to move those clients from just knowing about your brand to then nurturing them, nurturing that relationship to them specifying your client, sorry, specifying your product. That is a sales funnel that needs to be put in place. So in a bad scenario, if there was no sales funnel in place, you would spend $2,000 minimum on the trade show booth. You guys would show up to this trade show, showing off your best designs, Designers would come to your booth, be super interested in what you had going on, and then you would tell them, oh, here's my business card, get in contact with me, right, if you have any questions. And then you leave the show uh, super excited that you had all of these good conversations and met so many good people, but there was no sales funnel in place to know who in the world did I meet? Were they a key decision maker? How do I get in contact with them? What firm did they work at? What projects are they currently working on? And how can I now have a follow-up meeting to properly position my products as valuable in their design, right? So that would be a bad scenario. A good scenario with having a sales funnel in place for this uh, trade show is you spent the money on the trade show to have your booth there. You showed up with a beautifully designed trade show booth that articulates what you all do and the value uh, that you all bring to the market, why you're different. The things that would be most attractive to the designer right now, or maybe even most innovative. And you had a sales funnel that said, okay, once we are there, once we get in contact with a person and start a conversation, actually, let me back up on that. What are our key conversation starters? Have you even trained the sales reps that will be in that booth on key conversation starters and how to gather information when they're having a conversation? Because I have seen people just sign their reps up to go to the booth and not even have a session on like, okay, here are our objectives. 
here is how we're going to go about this objective and gather information and conversations, right? So that's step one. And then once you have that conversation, what is the next step on how you will capture the name, email address, and design firm from the designers that you were talking to in your booth? Is it that you have one of those fancy scanners that the, that the trade show provides and gather their information? Do you have a QR code integrated into your booth so that designers can immediately scan it, put their information in that leads to um, an email marketing platform that automates um, emails to them directly after and schedules appointments with their local rep, right? Is that something that's integrated into your booth? Right. And then after that designer walks away, you got their information in some type of way. What is the next step in that experience or sales funnel that they will they will have with your brand? Do you have a sales rep that knows when to follow up, what they will be following up on and how that meeting will be set up? Is it virtual? Is it in person? You know, how are they prepared for that next meeting? Are their email marketing broadcasts automatically set up in place to share information over the course of a day, three days, a week, two weeks, and so on and so forth after they came in contact with your brand at that trade show, right? Especially if they are new to learning about what you have, right? Because each designer might be on a different path in their customer journey with your brand. They might be super familiar, they expect you all the time, or they might be on the opposite end and just found out about your brand and they're not yet sure if they wanna spec you. So how have you set up things that help you nurture where they are in their customer experience and journey with you after they come in contact with you at that trade show, right? And that's just one example because I outlined all the different contacts, all the different forms of contact, whether that be indirect or direct forms of contact when a designer is coming in contact with your brand. Trade shows is just one of those. But setting up that sales funnel to get them from getting in contact with you at that trade show to nurturing them to actually following up to specify is a whole process that you have to make sure that is intact. Because if it's not intact, you just spent $2,000, $10,000, $20,000, however much the trade show just costs for you not to know what your return on investment is, right? And then furthermore, it's important to understand, all right, we did all of that. We, we registered for the trade show. We put our sales funnel in place, but how are we now going to track, like what systems, Salesforce, CRM, what have you, are we going to use to track the return on investment, right? So if we, in this trade show example. So if we spent $2,000 on this trade show, we, we put in the sales funnel to actually capture information and nurture those leads and convert them to projects, how will we then track to say XYZ projects, ABC projects, whatever, came out of the opportunity that we had to make people aware of our brand at that trade show? right? So how will you track now the ROI on the $2,000 you spent on the trade show, on the money that was put into building out that sales funnel? And then that, did it even lead to a specification that 
was a sale more than the money you spent on that trade show. Because if it didn't, then you have to go back and think about, okay, what can we do to improve upon that experience, right? That brand awareness experience for designers, or what can we do to eliminate it? Because if you're not doing something to improve it, to increase the ROI, then that's something that a company could think about eliminating overall from their brand awareness strategy. How are we appearing in the market? Well, that trade show we spent $2,000 on five years back to back and improved on constantly is not leading to dollars, right? Pretty simple. Your marketing budget isn't leading to specifications because one, you don't have a sales funnel that captures people's information, nurtures them and leads to, to them specifying your product. And two, you don't have a system in place to actually track the return on investment from the marketing dollars you're putting into a trade show or any of the indirect or direct forms of contact that people are coming in contact with your brand. So that's it. <laughs> it's simple. So if you found that to be interesting and you want to further the discussion on all of the other ways that you're spending your marketing budget how you can start thinking outside of the box with your sales funnel and tracking your ROI, then let's start a conversation, right? A part of this is I actually have a training that I host once a month where we dive deeper into topics like this. And then from there, if you're like, okay, Nicole, we need to figure out what is going on in our interior product company and how we can be smarter about our spend, nurture the relationships with the designers that are out there so they can expect more of us, more of our products, then we have to start a conversation from there. And I would love to do that. That's what my heart's desires and passion is rooted in. Okay. So I hope you guys found this helpful today. And I look forward to chatting with more of you on marketing budgets and everything in between when it comes to interior product companies. So thank you for listening and I hope to talk to you all soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week.